Hello and welcome to That Band Life. I'm Jeff Young, a teacher from Carmel, Indiana. And I'm Bobby Lambert, director of bands at Wando High School in Mount Pleasant, South Carolina. That Band Life, a podcast about making our careers as music educators more fulfilling so we can be happier, healthier, more productive, and more creative. This week, we're going to be talking about the coronavirus situation, all the closings and possibilities that may be coming up, and some ideas about how to survive that entire process. Before we begin, I want to tell you about the Dynamic Marching Shop. Uh, never mind. <laughs> Nobody's buying anything right now. So uh, let's just move <laughs> Let's just It was move wishful on. thinking, though. Yeah. Hey, go over yeah. to the shop, and if you want to look for something later on, uh, bookmark it and go back later. Yeah, I mean, you never know when somebody will need something random at home, like a spats or... <laughs> A mace. Yeah. We always make <laughs> Actually, fun of maces. It's not fair. Well, no, I, I'm not making fun of it. It's just more of a thing where it would be something that I could hit people with and <laughs> possibly get away with it. So, yeah. Not students, though. Of uh, well, my own. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> my own kids. Well, Jeff's a lot. A lot's going on, and, and you know, each day we get new announcements of, of schools being closed longer. Of uh, different things being canceled, different stuff happening. Uh, I don't know what it's like where you live, but right now, you know, the quest for toilet paper is real. Um, the ability to to find places that are open and, and still seeing people that are going out and doing stupid things versus those who are going out. Like I had to go get some medicine today and I couldn't believe how many people are still out just sort of roaming around. Yep. Uh, yeah, I, I think whatever. our governor made it official yesterday that we're supposed to stay inside and at least for the next two weeks. And uh, schools are closed till May 1st, although we're doing e-learning for a lot of that time. So. Yeah, I would bet that a lot of our listeners are doing just that. I know for us, we're okay for this week and for part of next week as far as e-learning goes. But uh, we have to build some more uh, projects and some more assignments after that. And I got to tell you, it's getting pretty tough to find that the balance between not overloading the students, but making sure that they keep music uh, on their minds, maybe not the forefront of their minds, but music is still there, just like every teacher is doing right now. Did you happen to notice that I dropped some free content today on the web? Uh, yes, I actually did get the update about yeah, that. Yeah, so I thought a lot of people would were kind of looking for things to do, and maybe as we get closer to May, really going to be looking for things to do visually. So, um, and, well, and concert band too. So I put on there some things that I thought not only directors could use to prepare for the summer if it happens, but also uh, some things students could get a lot from, like the system, which is what Chris Catholic and I filmed. It's basically the system of how we teach marching and movement. And I thought, you know, any student could watch that and learn a few things from that. Yeah. Absolutely. Any, any student that uh, is interested in leadership at all, I think that that's definitely a place where I would spend some time. Uh, I, you know, we keep saying if the summer is going to happen, summer, the marching arts will be back. Uh, will they be back in fall of, of 2020? I, who knows? But there's, I think that we'll come, I, I can tell you the thing for me is I will never be disappointed in having to show up for school often. Uh, seeing what the alternative is, uh, is pretty miserable. And seeing my kids, you know, there are parts of it that they like. They like going at their own pace. They like all those things. But my youngest daughter, my eight-year-old, did a Zoom meeting with her fellow second graders today. And uh, she was, th- excuse me, third graders. Sorry, gosh, she's growing up before I, before I can think of it. 
she loved meeting up with all the kids and just saying hello and getting to see them. The thing I'm going to miss about when we go back to school is the all mute button. <laughs> My wife and I were talking about that. Boy, it's great to just like, hey, everybody, mute. Okay, now I'm going to talk to all of you. <laughs> you can hear me. <laughs> I can definitely relate to that. So. Well, as, as everybody knows, uh, WGI, of course, has been canceled. And you know it's really unfortunate because there are some pretty incredible shows that are out there. And uh, I'm hoping that people just simply, you know, Right-click, save, cut and paste for next year, and bring that all out again, which I think will be pretty pretty exciting. DCI, I don't know that anybody officially knows what's going to happen right there. I think everybody's got their fingers crossed, and if there's anything that can happen, I think it will, but I think it's all a wait and see. Really, everybody's watching the numbers. Yeah. You know, what, what are the numbers of infected and confirmed and all of those things? And only when that starts to slow down, I think we'll, will we see any kind of change in what can and cannot happen? Well, the, the reality with the drum corps thing is that it's a really expensive activity to drive all these people around the entire country all summer. And, you know, a lot of these drum corps work just barely making it by, you know, they barely break even for the year or, you know, unless they have some amazing bingo program or something, they're trying to charge their students the least amount that they can in order to break even. And I know some drum cores cost three or $4,000 to march. So uh, yeah, I think right. that's a big thing with them right now is we can't charge our students more and we can't buy gasoline with less. So we'll see what happens with that. But my guess is probably 2020 is going to be a year where, uh, you know, the, what, what we know of pageantry in the summer is going to be a lot different. Yeah. And it will be one, you know, there are going to be some great things that come out of this. I think people are going to learn to be efficient, maybe even a little more appreciative. And gosh, what a terrible thing that is. Uh, I know that I, I'm already more appreciative of my students than I've ever been. And I, I thought I was before. We sent a video to the kids today uh, between the three directors. And, and gosh, just the nice feedback that we got from that. And we just said hello, basically. And we're thinking about you and we miss you. And Hope that you're doing okay. And just the nice feedback that we got from that was pretty powerful. Whereas, you know, I've walked by students in the hallway. Hey, how are you doing? Fine. Right. Right. <laughs> so now they're like, wow, a video from you guys. Oh, my gosh. I can't they believe They love it. us. They really uh, love I mean, us. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's incredible. I'm, uh, so Anyway, with all that said, I know one of the things that we wanted to do, Jeff, was talk to everybody about some some ideas about e-learning and I, I think everybody's gone through, you know, everybody kind of had their bag of tricks that they did before and things are being posted on Facebook. But now that we're looking at doing three, four five weeks of this, um, it's going to take a little bit more creativity uh, to make that go. And so we kind of put together a list of some things to consider uh, when you're putting this online stuff together. Yeah, I think uh, for me so far this week, I'm, I'm really blessed that we do Canvas, which is a learning management system. I know some people use Google Classroom and stuff like that, but Canvas is not the prettiest thing in the world and it's not even the most intuitive thing in the world, but it makes it pretty easy once you get used to it. Uh, you know, I've been uploading audio files every day and um, PDFs every day and assignments and they can turn things in through it and I can uh, make uh, comments with voice or with text or whatever. So, so far it's working pretty well. Um, I'm just, I'm glad that we yeah, transitioned we, to that two years ago. 
Yeah, we're we're in Google Classroom land here, and I, I've never used it very much, and I haven't used Canvas. And we do have some teachers using Canvas, but we I've really liked the the Google Classroom. I like the feedback that I can give with it. Um, I like the way I can link things together. It seems like the uh, and the kids are able to communicate almost real time with me of, of posting and all of that. It's funny. I'll get I have to now put my phone on silent late at night because some of the kids are like me, like at one o'clock in the morning. That's when they're working on yeah. stuff. So I know my son Tyler. I, um, I think he played video games all day and started his homework at dinner time. Yeah, and you know what? I, as long as it gets yeah. done. And the quality is fine. I, okay, I, I think that I think it's going to be actually tough when we go back to. It, let's pretend that we get to go back. Oh, I know it's going to be tough. We all have a month. It's going to be rough. I think kids are going to have a hard time transitioning back to. You have to work this time to that time, and so maybe some good things will come from this. Of like, uh, you know, just looking at individualized learning and personal learning styles, and just getting people to be aware of that. I know that it'll be rough for me, well, Bobby, because I've been doing. <laughs> I mean, I get up late and I, I do like four hours of school stuff where I'm doing video conferencing and lesson planning and all that. And then I work out for an hour and I meditate and I nap and it's been so awesome. Right, right. I've been, I, I find that I do a lot more work up until noon. Uh, one o'clock to five o'clock is awful for me. Yeah. And then... Uh, after that, I can kind of get back at it. And I was trying to fight that pretty badly, and now I've just stopped. Like, that is what I do. That's who I am. Yeah. I watched the Christian Lindbergh YouTube video about his daily routine. Who's that? Christian Lindbergh is a very well-known, very famous trombone player, uh, composer, and conductor. And he talks about how he plans his day around those three um, mediums of music. And I, he's just a beast. He Like at one point he goes, I put in my lunch in the microwave. I put it in for seven minutes. During that seven minutes, I go into the sauna and do this and then take a dip in the pool right before I come in and I eat at 12.03 and I do this for two minutes. What? Like when he said he takes a one-minute shower, I was like, okay, this is, this is beyond me. Uh, but I did at least, the thing that I did like from it was... Uh, the idea of trying to at least plan those blocks out of your day. If I don't plan, I can do nothing really well. God, I'm so good at it. I'm incredible at doing nothing. It feels like I'm doing a lot. I know we've mentioned but this a, look at, a couple times already on the podcast, but some people say if you don't calendar it, it's actually not a priority or it's not actually going to happen. Uh, that was me the first week it. of this uh, sequestering ourselves at home. It was really hard to do anything. Um, this week I've been yes. hyper productive, like incredibly productive without writing anything down. I'm just like all day going. See, I'm, I'm still, I don't know that I'll ever be at that phase where I don't write it down. I kind of have to, even if it's just uh, nine to 12 Wando like that, I need that or else I'll go, Oh man, I'd really, and I'm, I'm not wasting time. Like I'm trying to put some video materials together for some drum major sessions. I'm trying to figure out zoom a little bit better. I got, it's productive stuff, but I'll sit and two hours have gone by. Okay. What have I learned? Um, I know how to record on garage band. Nice. And that, I mean, it's hey, good. That's a win, but, Bobby. Oh my gosh. Gotta appreciate the win. It, it is, but it's super <laughs> slow. It's super slow. Well, anyway, I, I know that I've sent 
um, a week of lessons to Jeff, and I think he's going to post it on our page. So you can kind of see what we did and what we are doing. And we've got, a, you know, one, two, three, four tips that we wanted to give you about putting this together. And I'm just going to kind of jump right into it real quick. Um, the first thing that I would say to you, and I, I, I put this intentionally first because I think it's the most important right now in our culture. I said that your, your lessons should be predictable and playful. And here's what I mean by that. I think that they should have some routine to them. Uh, like, for example, I have a timer on each of our days of lessons, and it says, okay, start the timer, and you're going to go through these warm-ups, and you're going to take the entire three minutes to go through this warm-up sequence. If you're done early, you went too fast. Um, I think that, that students have to be really careful of that if we're uh, – or they'll lose – they'll kind of lose their way. But – and so, like, I have this thought about routine plus surprise equals student growth. Um, we also, while we have that real intense first section of each of our lessons, the last section is just for fun. Like, for example, one of the things I said is I, I showed them the JW Pepper website. And I said, if you got to choose some of our pep band music for next year, what would you choose? And I've gotten some pretty hilarious examples from that. Uh, so so just, just fun things that they can do. So the first one is predictable plus playful. The second one is detailed and specific. Uh, Jeff Harper, I don't know if you know him, he's one of the band directors at Lassiter. They did a, a kind of very informal survey today of all their kids and said, what are the best practices for um, assignments from all your teachers? What has worked really well and what hasn't? And one of the top, top vote-getters was that they were de- they, they, the kids knew exactly what the teacher wanted and how to submit it. So I said detailed and specific. Tell them what you want them to do. Show them what you want them to do. Give them an example. And then tell them exactly how you want it done. I know that sounds like, well, if you show them, that's. I think that there are kids that need to either read it, see it, or maybe even hear it uh, with how things go. So if it's a thing where they, they need an example, like, for example, today we have a an exercise that our tuba teacher recorded for all the kids as to how this works. It's not that complicated, but just being able to hear the tone production, I think is going to help some of the kids do this a lot better. So again, detailed and specific. Tell them what you want them to do. Show them what you want them to do. And then tell them exactly how you want it done. How is it submitted? Uh, How do you want it shown? How will they know they've learned? I did this on the first couple of days in the canvas lessons that I was giving last week. Um, and I, I was thinking to myself, I was typing it like, this is way too detailed. Like people are going to think, I think they're stupid, but even though I wrote like an entire page on how we're going to do this and how to turn things in and even what app to use to turn in things, uh, I still got 15 emails the first day. I was like, well, right. apparently I, I wasn't, I wasn't detailed enough. I think one of the things that I've, I liked doing was um, putting links into the material itself so that they could just click right there and it would take them to the web page where they were supposed to look for something or uh, give me some kind of feedback or here's a timer. Uh, there was one where I wanted a visual metronome set at 80 and I just linked it to the page. Now, I know the kids could find that just as easily, but just being able to click it makes it go a lot faster. I think we have to remember that kids use computers um, as consumers. They're just now getting used to using them as learners. And the more um, user-friendly you can make your program, because that's what you're doing, 
the better it will be. Um, so we said pr- predictable and playful, detailed and specific. The third one is thorough and complete. That sounds like it's the same thing, but uh, the first one was a little bit more the process. This is a little bit more the product. And I said here, don't forget the fundamentals. The students will if allowed to do so. Like literally every one of our exercises has do these warm-up exercises. You're going to do the sharp scales at this tempo or you know, the next day it's the flat scales at this tempo or the next day it's chromatic at this tempo. Um, I think you, if we're not careful, students will lose that. And while they may be able to play line number seven for you, their tone quality is going to go down the toilet real fast. Every time we take a long break, like even a three or four day weekend, the kids come back maybe technically better, but not tonally better. When they don't have those great sounds in their ears, they're going to forget it really fast. So that's why we really want to make sure that every lesson began with three minutes of fundamentals. Um, we included sight reading on there. If you use smart music, that's a little bit easier. It's not a great system, but it at least puts them through the paces of sight reading. Uh, I had one thing where I said, pick a sight reading example from this page of the habits book and just set up your, your camera and just videotape it. And what I asked them later was not how well they played it, but what their body language was like. Like, could they see tension? Could they, could they feel themselves being nervous? What could they do to affect the nervousness? You know, when they realized, oh, he's not looking for right or wrong notes or even rhythms, he's just looking at our posture and how we approach it, um, they actually got a lot out of that lesson, so I, I liked that a lot. Then you also have literature that's there, and I, I talked about the assessments for literature. I think that they need to be written and recorded. Uh, for example, we have our students playing uh, a portion of a solo that they're working on uh, this past Friday, and I asked them to do it with a metronome. And then I asked them two questions afterwards, and that was, how was your tone and how was your tuning? Now, you would think, well, wait, you, were, you had them with a metronome, so why aren't you asking their timing? Uh, they know what their timing was by listening to it. But I want them to also see they have to, they have to address tone and tuning at all times as well. So, uh, and we got some really good feedback from that. So be thorough and complete. Don't forget about all the areas of playing that you want to address. And it actually helps their brain too. You know, they're not having to read and do math at that time. They're really trying to process through a lot of different things. Um, So I think the more we can exercise their brain, the better. Uh, The last one for me is to be positive and potent. Bobby, can we back up just one second? I just had a thought on that last part before we move on. Um, I think in the thorough and complete part of that, I think as educators, we also need to be professional in that if we're going to make an assignment, whether it's written or recorded, we better darn well listen to it and make feedback that's real. Um, I found myself on the first couple days, um, you know, going through some, some assignments going, yeah, good, almost like completion. And then I thought, you know, that's not fair to these students who spent half an hour. And so um, on the second and third day, I was really taking some time and, and, and reading their content and saying, you know, this was, this was a little bit rushed here. This was maybe not as professional as it should be. This is not, this is not your best work. You know, you, you turned it in, but it's not great work. And so I just, I just want to remind all of us that it could be easy to think, okay, we're on a month vacation. We're not, we're still being paid and right. we're still being expected to be great professional educators. I think for me, the way that I'm kind of looking at it is the way I looked at playing when I was in college. Um, my saxophone professor would tell me, every day you take off, 
the better you are, every day you take off, it takes at least two or three days to kind of make up for that time. Sometimes that's worth it, and sometimes it's not. Okay, we're taking off X number of days, and it's going to take about three times that to catch up if we're not if we do nothing. So I think that uh, I think you're right on, and I got to tell you, especially on the first two assignments that I've graded for the kids, I really tried to be very specific and put quotes in there, like you know where you said this. I really liked yeah, that. That's great. And I, you know what, I I I had to return three that weren't done very well. And I got them back almost, uh, I think one took maybe four hours, but the rest were within the hour. The kids want to do it right. They really do. And they want to please you. And if you tell them exactly what you want, and I, it wasn't hateful. It was just, hey, I think you can, get, you can dig a little bit deeper with this. Here's some examples of some things I wanted to find. And I got great feedback from that. So professionally assessed, I think, is right on, Jeff. Good for you. <laughs> <laughs> what a great job, Thanks. Jeff. Uh, you professionally assessed me there. So just to wrap up, we did predictable and playful, detailed and specific, thorough and complete, and the last one is positive and potent. Um, with each of our assignments, we've given them one of the – we've attached a Google form to all of them and just asked them, what did you think? How did you think this went? And if it didn't go well, that's okay. Just tell us, you know, I felt really nervous. Uh, I couldn't quite catch my breath, which is what one student said today. I I have never felt like I could take a full breath. Uh, Yeah, that's what it sounded like to me too. That's great that you caught that because sometimes they don't. Um, They should give feedback on areas of concern. Like I'm, I'm still struggling with, you know, articulation at this tempo. And then, okay, what's your plan for improvement for that? All right, I'm going to play my scales at uh, at this tempo, which is slightly under where we are right now, and I'm going to try and make that part of my warm-up routine every day. Awesome. Um, one of the things that Jeff Handel showed me, he's one of the other directors at Wando, is in Google Classroom you can ask a question and open it up for the class to comment. Like Jeff asked the students to pick a jazz uh, solo, like just a particular, not necessarily a piece, but a jazz soloist that they liked and post it, and then comment on two other students' posts about the, uh, about the stuff. And it was, he, he, he assessed it, but then the students gave great feedback about some of the other things that the other students had posted, and it went really, really I wonder well. if that's actually think easier over people, Google Classroom than in person. Yeah, completely. Um, even in the Zoom meetings, like if you're doing anything like that, just having kids raise hands or send texts back and forth, you can do that in Zoom meetings. Um, I think the Google question thing is fantastic, and I'm going to be looking for ways to implement that over the next couple of days. And The last one that's big for me right now is be positive with student feedback. This I've talked to some of my strongest kids, and I mean these are like your you know, rocky of the band world. You know, they're the bando commandos. They're the live, breathe, eat, drum corps, music, orchestra, whatever. And even they're like, I'm struggling a little bit. Like not necessarily with band, but just not having band and not being around people. I think we all need to remember that band needs to remain the safe space that people can have. Uh, Like I... I want them to look at the band assignments that we have and go, okay, thank goodness I can do music now, as opposed to, oh, crap, I have to do band now. Uh, I, you know, we have to strike that delicate balance, which I've talked about before, of 
being the professional and being an educator with also teaching emotional subjects and emotional topics. I think we're the most keyed in to the emotions of our kids, which is good in some ways and bad in others. But I think that they need us pretty badly right now. And when I've reached out to kids and just asked, you know, how are you doing? Gosh, I I really appreciate your asking. I'm awful. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Terrible. I hate this. I can't stand this. Um, so I think that like I've, I've found myself being very, very positive with students, even saying things like, I can't wait to see what we can do. I had a, a particular freshman that did a great assignment. He was actually, if you came to our Midwest concert, he was our euphonium soloist with Benediction. Great, great young man. He's actually a sophomore. He's a great young man. And um, he, I could just read in between the lines of something he submitted that he was struggling a little bit. I just said, hey, man, I just want to tell you what a great job you've done this year. And even though I don't get to hear you every day, I know what a great player you're going to be. And I can't wait to see what we do the next two years together. And he just sent back, you know, just like a little smiley face emoji or whatever. And he doesn't seem like that type of guy to me. Yeah. So I know that he had to really think like, okay, I want to show him I appreciate this. So I would encourage all of us to... Uh, I know it's, I, I, there are people, there's some of my students who haven't done a darn thing yet. And my typical thing would be, Hey, get off your butt and do your work. But I, man, there's so many things going on. It, I just sent out an email saying, Hey, are you okay? I noticed you haven't done anything yet. Just want to check in with you. And most of them wrote back and said, yeah, man, well, this is going on. We're trying to work through this. And, and they had an assignment done by the next day. Have I- have I ever I just, told you that I would uh, ask us all some of our, my baritones uh, in the marching band actually listen to this podcast on a regular basis? <laughs> I think some of my students are like, "Hey, we heard yeah. you talking about this." I'm like, "Where did you hear so that?" I, br- like, I, br- I bring that up only so, to say that just if there is a student listening to this out there, your teachers might need a little positive feedback as well. I had a great example uh, of this today. Yeah. Um, I had an hour of Zoom. Um, office hours where I gave them the link and I said, if anybody needs help, I'm here. And I just stood at my computer here for an hour and one student came (laughs) and I was really frustrated at the end. I was like, (laughs) so I've, you know, out of a hundred some students, one person needed help. Cool. And then I got this email like 10 minutes later. Hey, Mr. Young, I feel bad for not checking into your office hours. So I wanted to let you know I'm doing great and I don't have any questions as of yet. I hope your online teaching is going smoothly for you. I was like, what? Wow. Kids don't do that. Doesn't yeah. take much, does it? And so I That's sent awesome. her back. Guess what? A smiley face. Nope. Let, thank <laughs> Just like your student. <laughs> well, but it, because I, yeah. that's sincere. At, I think when, when we all do get past this, we will start to realize, well, it, it's that great adage, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And I think that's coming into test, that's being tested right now by all, uh, for all of us. Um, I know it is for me. And so I, I think that it would be very good for all of us as professionals, but as professional musicians, to kind of stay in touch with that emotional side of our, of our craft and Think about your being in high school or middle school right now and being out of school for months at a time and not able to really see your friends very much. 
I think about those seniors right now who aren't going to do graduation. They're not going to get to play our spring concert like we always do. They're not going to have our band recognition like they always do. And we're busting our tails trying to figure out how do we honor those kids. Because, you know, there's some of them that played the Midwest recording and Mm -hmm. the Midwest concert. There's some that earned the right to go to the BOA Southeastern Regional. There are some that have been state champions multiple times, been BOA Grand National finalists. And it's kind of like, mm-hmm. bye. Yeah. Now, here's a tumbler for your trouble. And that just, man, well, that feels and so And for me, wrong. It's, it's easy. I did so, a lot of winter guard judging this winter. And um, it's, it's easy because I don't teach winter guard for me to go, oh, you know, winter guard season was canceled. That really stinks. But if I think about, you know, what, what would that look like in late September, early October if they canceled marching band season? And I think, whoa, right. no wonder they were yep. crying all day. Like this is, you put your, your heart and soul into something and they're like, well, you're done. And so my heart goes out to all those Do you winter know guard, think- winter percussion, winter yeah. bands, you know, all that stuff that people are working on, jazz band, um, uh, yeah, National all Concert it's Band Festival. Like, man, so much work and you know, heart went into all that. Well, you know, the place where I don't think that we've quite realized how um, big of an effect this will be are the first yeah. year band students. I mean, you are at the sixty percent mark, and we're going to stop for right. however many months. And then expect you to just jump right Especially back if it's a student who grade. doesn't do marching band, you know, they're not going to do anything all summer, maybe. If they don't take lessons and they're not in marching right. band, oh, man. Yeah, I think that, again, I think we're going to be feeling the effects of this for years it's to un- come. Uncharted territory, for sure. And some of them will be good. It very much is. It very much is. All that to say, we hope that we've given you some feedback or some things to think about that can be helpful. Uh, Listen to each new episode. Subscribe on your favorite podcasting host like iTunes or Spotify. Follow and comment on That Band Life social media pages on Facebook. Search for That Band Life Podcast. On Instagram, we are at That Band Life 1, the number 1. You can also email Jeff at Jeff at DynamicMarching.com or Bobby at Bobby at DynamicMarching.com. Share your wins and losses, and together we can learn to be better music educators. Also, share your questions or suggestions for topics and guests that you would like to hear on future podcasts. And if you remember, Jeff, we talked last time that we're coming up on our one-year anniversary. And so we'd love to have people maybe ask us uh, some questions about about that or tell us some of the podcasts that you especially love listening to. I went back and reviewed our concert festival uh, preparations podcast that I'd like to update coming up here in the next couple of weeks as we're in that month of time. But I think we, you know, we've, we've had a great run for this year, and I'm excited to see what next year can bring, too. Well, thanks for listening, and until next time, I'm Jeff Young. And I'm Bobby Lambert. And this is That Band Life.